Welcome to the seventh edition of the Stay Hot Podcast, 10th Region Weekly. I'm Coach Patrick Kelch. Along with me is Evan Dennison. And tonight we got a very special guest and Casey Fisk from Scott High, the athletic director. I asked Casey to come on a little late today. So I appreciate him dedicating about 15, 20 minutes of his Sunday to come on and talk to us. And uh, Casey, appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate you calling me special. I don't know that I've ever been called a special guest for anybody. That's, well, uh, that's not something that usually gets put with my name. Well, we're a step up from Coach Frohmeyer, so we, we appreciate our guests. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Casey, you know, I'll, I'll get things going. Um, obviously, the, the hot topic the past few days and weeks is, uh, you know, the site of the, the 10th Region Tournament. Um, you know, this is something that, you know, a, a long standing tradition, a, a very good um, competitive region. Everyone looks forward to it, obviously. And, um, you know, with the decision to, um, you know, recently to have have the region tournament at homes, so I just kind of wanted to, you know, pick pick your brain because I know, you know, this was, you know, you, got, you were one of the deciding factors out of the, you know, the four district ADs and just kind of, uh, you know, what what factors came into this decision, how long this process was maybe in the works and um you know how all that came about we can just kind of start there uh well, great question um we started discussing it last year as the other as the region tournament the regional boys basketball tournaments ended um uh this is my fourth year as the ad at scott and um i, I'm, I guess i'm kind of new to the whole process um didn't know how what how it got chosen um, it seems to me like three years in a row it's at Mason County and then one year goes to, I guess, either GRC or Montgomery County. Um, so naturally, as new AD, I'm asking questions and, and I, I, uh, I bounce things off of Steve Hensley over at Campbell County. We've talked quite a bit and I'm asking questions. And uh, it, back in, I guess it was march of last year april we started looking at well, what what does it take to host the regional basketball tournament and why does it always go to mason county mason county mason county then to uh either montgomery or grc um we did some digging we did some did some researching uh each district gets a chance to decide who hosts and um through more digging we found that the only thing we had to do was find a facility um, that could host the past five years average of attendance. Um, we looked through those numbers and saw that uh, I think the, the highest attended uh, regional game um, was like 2,500 over the past five years. So we, we, we looked for see if we could find a venue that could host more than 2,500. Um, and um, Holmes is about four miles from Scott. Uh, so I called down there and asked them, and they said, well, we can host 3,000. So that's sort of how we got to homes. Um, just a matter of uh, uh, it's close to the four schools in northern Kentucky. Um, uh, I, maybe I'm not a traditionalist, uh, but if we're traveling year after year after year, um, and one out of the four years, um, the 40th district doesn't have to. My question is, well, why does the 37th have to always travel? And the 40th not have to travel one year, so that's sort of what sort of got what the, got the questions going, if that makes sense. Yeah, I completely understand that. You know, in, in terms of the driving, um, do you find it odd though that Holmes was the choice, considering you know it's it's not in the 10th region? I, I think that's where a lot of people are maybe confused as to why that site was selected. Understand they do seat about 3,000 or so, but just with the school not being within the region, I, I think struck a lot of people as odd. Well, I mean, our, our gym uh, starting tomorrow is going to seat 800. Uh, Calvary and Brossard aren't much, well, they're, they're probably a little bit smaller. Uh, Campbell County Middle School, I think, seats 2,200. Um, so in order for us to find a gym, uh, we had to look outside of our district. Um, it, Holmes was, like I said, Holmes is four miles from Scott. So if you can make it to Scott High School, you can make it to Holmes. Um, uh, it's it's not like it was out of the way. Uh, we briefly talked about looking at Boone County, either at Connor or Ryle, but we felt that was not really close to 
to the 37th district. Um, so that's why we sort of went away from that. In fact, those venues are a little bit bigger, uh, but we wanted to keep it as close to the 37th district as possible. And, and Holmes was a natural fit. Uh, in fact, this year, uh, this past summer, we, we had to uh, finish up the regional baseball tournament Holmes, um, which ended up being a pretty nice deal. Uh, playing that on turf. Um, I know there were some people when we did that, made that decision. They weren't crazy about it, but then I also think they saw when it happened, it wasn't that bad of a deal. Uh, you know, I think, I think if you get on the GPS, we're four to five miles from, from Holmes high school, from where we sit. So it's not like it's out of the way, out, you know, out of the thing. Um, I, I, I don't have a basketball background, but I always think back to Gene Hackman uh, in Hoosiers when he was playing Norman Dale. Uh, there when he was at the state tournament and he, he pulled the court out and pulled the tape measure out and said, this, this court's the same distance. And it's got the same size rims as ours do, but just, you know, the gym's different. So um, it's a, to me, it's a, it's a great facility. Um, the, the ninth region doesn't use it because they rent out Bank of Kentucky or not Bank of Kentucky, excuse me, bb and arena. Um, so, you know, to me, it's, it's an option, especially if you look at the attendance over the past uh, five years uh, at the 10th region tournament, it's, it's not uh, too small. Casey, do you feel like, um, or did you all consider the BBNT? Did you check for availability, you know, for that to host the 10th region? We did. We did and it requires a three-year contract. So um, knowing as, as excited as everyone is about uh, Mason County, um, we didn't even offer that because of the fact that uh, we didn't figure that anyone would want to spend three consecutive years at BB&T. And uh, not to mention, I believe the tenth or excuse me, the ninth region pays twenty five thousand a year uh, for that tournament to to happen there. Um, so th that 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 is probably outside of the realm of a reasonable paying twenty five thousand. Uh, it has more seats, uh, but I believe they get a nice um, sponsorship sponsorship check from St. Elizabeth's uh, Hospital. As we're talking about, you know, financials, um, was that maybe factored into considering? I know you said you took the five years average of twenty five hundred. I'm not. Did you guys just pull that information from? Um, I guess I'm just curious where you pulled that info from. And on top of that, just maybe the financial decisions in terms of the travel time. Um, obviously, you know, you guys make that long drive to Mount Sterling or Winchester uh, once every four years. Um, and I'm just wondering if you guys, you know, think that there might be a little bit of a fallout financially considering the drive up, up to Holmes High School um, from, from the other schools as well. Well, I mean, I don't, I didn't map quest it, but I'm pretty sure when uh, teams have to go to Winchester, it's a drive, unless you're in Winchester. Um, you know, we drive, I think it's 112 miles or 113 miles to Winchester. Um, so that is there. Um, and part of, part of the 10th region um, uh, basketball tournament is everyone gets paid mileage to go. So there will be compensation for the teams that have to travel. Um, so that's, you know, is it any different than, than Grant, uh, GRC or Montgomery County writing us a check when we drive there for us to write them a check to come up here? Uh, to me, that's, you know, it is what it is. We write the check and that's fine. Um, so as far as that, um, you know, anytime you do that, uh, anytime you're going to come up here, you're going to have to pay the mileage. Um is that sort of what you're asking or do, do you want me to go deeper? What, what else, how, how else can I help with that? Does that make sense? Am I, am I clear? Just I don't want to, I don't want you to think I'm. No, I, I get the mileage part. I guess I'm just thinking attendance wise. Um, you know, the, I, I, I just perception wise, the 38th, 39th district fan that may not have a team in the game. They still love to maybe, you know, come to the field house um, 38th district fans as well. Whereas uh, maybe some issues in terms of whether it be parking at homes or certain other factors might. Well, did, did they make the drive away from coming to homes? Did the 38th or I'm sorry, did the 38th or the 39th district fans, the average fans, did they go to GRC and Montgomery County? 
That's a good question. I mean, it's really not much of a difference. It's not not much of a difference in drive for them. Um, in fact, I mean, if you're looking at Bracken County, or if you're looking at Augusta, or if you're looking at Pendleton County, it's probably a shorter distance to Holmes that's uh, what than I'm it is to too. for them to go to GRC. The tenants numbers. That's you know, I'm and then another thing that you have. Yeah, the the. Um, the attendance, all those numbers are, uh, we have to turn that into the state every year. So the tournament host just, just pops that out to the state and we have to submit that. So that's where we were able to pull that if that's what you're asking. Um, you know, another thing that I don't know that uh, really has been considered is uh, Northern Kentucky is a, a pretty big area uh, and they value their basketball too. Um, so I don't think we're really realizing that the average fan might just come from Northern Kentucky to watch this game. Um, because I mean, there's a lot of talk in Northern Kentucky right now about how good, I believe it's GRC is. They're a pretty good basketball team, if I remember correctly, you know, so I've had several people reach out to me and say, Hey, I'd rather watch GRC play. I want to see how good this team really is. So, um, and not to slight anybody else, but that those have been the calls that I've been fielding. I, I don't know that it will happen. And I don't know that it won't happen, but there's a lot of people in here in Northern Kentucky that really value basketball that might just come to watch the games as well. Um, I think that's a good point, Casey. I think that's a good point that I didn't think about, not about Evan, but, you know, when you talk about the average fan, there's probably fans in Northern Kentucky that don't come to the Fieldhouse or GRC that will come to maybe Holmes High School to watch basketball, you know. So that's a good point, something I probably didn't think about. For the future, I'll tell you this when we have to take a go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I didn't want to cut you off. I had, I had a when we question. take a uh, okay, okay. Well, let me finish this. When we take a team to Mason County, you know, we have a fan base that goes, but it's not really just the average fans, you know, it's it's parents and a few select group of kids. Um, you know, I, I think that. If we if we're lucky enough to make the ninth region tournament, uh, you know that that'll definitely happen. Um, if Calvary Christian makes, and I know Calvary Christian, every every student, parent, cousin, grandparent will be there. So I, I think that makes it easier for those Northern Kentucky schools to travel, um, and I think you will see a larger attendance from the four Northern Kentucky schools, the thirty seventh district, um, if, if that is the case, if that happens. So that's you know. It's hard to say because it's never happened. And, and quite frankly, I told you guys, I'm not really a traditionalist. I don't understand the whole tradition of the 10th region. Um, this is my fourth year as an AD. But I do understand that there's a large base of fans in Northern Kentucky that get to miss out on their teams playing basketball every year because they have to drive to Montgomery County. You know, at Scott High School, one thing we deal with, I can't ever get a bus before 430, ever. That's, that can never happen. I can never have a bus before 4.30. So that means no matter what, in a region game, we always have to play the second game. So then you've got parents that are worried about kids getting on a bus and coming back, or not getting on a bus, driving their cars down to either Mason County, GRC, or Montgomery County, and not making it back till midnight on a school night. So that's another thing that sort of went into at least my thoughts about having it in Northern Kentucky. It gives our kids a chance to come to the game. That's if we make the tournament. I don't know that we'll make the tournament at this point. And uh, I'm not speaking anything bad of anybody or, or, or foreshadowing, but, you know, that's just – when we started talking about this in April, those were things that I was thinking about. Come 2026, this will come up again, obviously. You guys will be in the rotation. You'll have your choice of where, uh, you know, the region tournament will be. Do you foresee, uh, you know, with you or Campbell County being two of the larger schools – in this region, maybe being able to host in the future in terms of expanding your wins and making them bigger? Because your school is kind of going under an expansion right now. You know, it'll just depend on the numbers. You know, if we have to look at the previous five years' attendance, things can change. Um, you know, I, I know last year definitely had some um, smaller numbers because of COVID. Uh, but if you look over the past five years, if you know, if numbers continue to go down, um, it, it could it, it could be that we could do it at, at Campbell County Middle School. We won't be able to do it at Scott. Um, 
Scott is too small of a gym. Our construction is just going to uh, redo our gym. It's going to be the same gym, though. It's going to get new bleachers, but they're not going to be more bleachers. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, you, Patrick, you mentioned Jeremy Ziegler the other day or earlier today. Um, you know, he's, he brought up a point to me. Um, he said he was doing some research on himself on numbers. And he said the last session uh, due to numbers of size was, uh, I believe he said 2010 semifinals, excuse me, 2007 semifinals. Um, so, you know, the, the numbers of the, the, the gym, if they continue to go down, um, it could be that we get hosted at Campbell County in 2006. Um, I don't know that, that Campbell County, Bishop Rochford, Calvary, or Scott High School are married to anything at this point. Uh, but uh, we thought it was at least worth trying to see if this works. With uh, obvious concerns still with, with COVID, how much did that decision factor into? Because you factor Fieldhouse can feed, fit about 5,400 compared to homes at 3,000. Yeah, maybe 2,500 is the number, but that 2,500 allows you to maybe space out a little bit more compared to homes you might be a little bit condensed in more. Just curious on that end of the spectrum. To be 100% honest, it didn't come into the decision at all. didn't come into the thought at all. Uh, uh, when this really started going, the COVID numbers weren't an issue. Now, obviously, in the past week or so, COVID numbers are sort of going out of control. So um, I don't see us having to limit the numbers at this point for any reason. Um, but uh, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this stuff. This stuff is changing daily. Um, and it becomes more of a headache daily. So, you know, we could it could be that way. Do you have any sort of financial info in terms of how the split works? Like maybe last year, what school, what each school got from the region tournament um, and what that average maybe has been over the past? Yeah, it was right. That, that, oddly enough, that's on the exact same documents numbers um through the past four or five years uh excluding the year at grc the, the year at the year at grc uh there was more money made because i believe jamie Keene had a nice sponsorship in there if i remember correctly how that went um but it's somewhere between three and four thousand dollars is what the payout is uh, somewhere right in between there and close to it. It could be 42, uh, but it, it's real close to right in that area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I've, I've got pretty much everything I need to ask. I don't know if you've got anything on top. of. of what no, I just want to appreciate Casey's time. And, you know, it is a topic that a lot of people talk about. And first initial reaction is it's asinine to host a 10th region tournament at a ninth region school like Holmes, but I think after Casey came on and explained it, explained the thought process, the decision, and kind of what went into making that decision, I think people's will have a more clear idea and maybe understand it a little bit more. I know I do. You know, I was one of the first ones that thought, you know, it's crazy. This is crazy that we're hosting a 10th region tournament at Holmes when we've got three or four schools in the 10th that seat as many people as Holmes. But after the decision and hearing what they thought about, it makes more sense to me, you know, and talking about how the average fan in Northern Kentucky may not get to go to Mason County or, you know, GRC may show up at homes. You know, we may realize that the attendance difference, there's not much difference. So Casey, I appreciate your time on a Sunday night. I really do. And uh, thank you for coming on. And no problem guys. And if you guys have any questions or anything, just feel free to reach out to me. Like I said, um, we're not married to anything, but we want to see how this works for us this year. This could be the best decision we've ever made, and everyone uh, loves it. It could be the worst decision we ever made, and we say, hey, we're probably not going to do this again. But um, if you don't try it, you never know. Okay, so I, I agree. Think, I, th I, think the, I think the kids that are playing in the 10th region deserve to have fans there, and I hope that fans from – everywhere from Robertson County uh, to G GRC to Winchester to Mount Sterling come up and watch the games and, and appreciate their kids and support their kids because those kids 
have worked hard to get to that point. And then, you know, that, that's really, you know, that's going to be awesome to see that up there. I appreciate it, Casey. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot, Casey. Appreciate your uh, answering my question. All right, guys. Good talking to you guys. You do. No problem. So, um, Evan, um, I appreciate uh, Casey coming on. I think he gave some really good points there. Something that I think will maybe uh, will, um, you know, um, maybe clear up some decisions when people hear this. They'll understand why the decision was made. So, um, so. Um, let's move on, uh, Evan. Let's talk about the uh, Class A tournament this week. Um, Bracken County uh, took care of business. You know, I, I remember last week telling you that people were saying that whoever won the Bracken Augusta game, kind of like that was the finals of the All A. And I remember saying that, hey, don't discredit Brossard or don't discredit Calvary and what they could potentially do. But uh, Bracken made quick work of both of those teams. Yeah. Blake Reed's quote after the championship game to me said it all, you know, and at one point what he was saying is, you know, we left no doubt. And uh, that pretty much summed it all up, you know, the way they went through the tournament. Obviously the Augusta game was a grind out, came down to the final possession, but uh, their final two games against, I, I think everybody would admit would be the next two best teams in the tournament. Uh, they made easy work of both of them, you know, maybe, Brossard got things within eight to 10 there at some point in the second half. But other than that, there wasn't, there wasn't a doubt. And then you come championship game against Calvary Christian, just from the jump start, it was, you know, it was all pretty much bracken outside of maybe a couple minutes stretch at the end of the first, and then a four minute stretch to start the fourth quarter. Uh, it was clear who, who the better team was that night. And um, they did it with defense. They forced 56 turnovers in three games. Uh, my math says that's, uh, you know, right at night, right under 19 turnovers forced per game. And you do that, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. Well, and I was watching, you know, you know, I mentioned last week that I had to get tested for COVID and well, my test came back positive. So um, I wasn't able to attend any games this week, but I watched a lot on prep spin, especially the class A tournament. And um, I think I counted um, a Calvary bracket game. I think Calvary's first five or six possessions resulted in a turnover. Like, they didn't even get a shot off until I think their sixth possession, Rui hit a three on the wing to, you know, kind of make it 10 to three or eight to three or whatever. But even, like you said, from the jump, you know, it was just a lot of turnovers from Calvary. And when you give Bracken County that many extra possessions, um, when they're – and they're kind of clicking, you know. Caden Reed starting to, you know, play. He's still a great facilitator. And then, you know – Blake doing what Blake does, and they're also getting some help from Devontae and Austin Norton. And, you know, then I think um, just shot had a couple baskets as well, but they're also getting bench contributions from Grant Free and Garrett Reynolds. And um, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of excited about the Walton Verona matchup. When is that, January 27th? Yeah, 5 p.m. at uh, McBrayer Arena in yeah, Eastern Kentucky. Well, I, if Coach Reed listens to this, I want to. Wish him the best of luck and uh, tell him to enjoy that experience. It's probably, you know, some of my best experiences is McBray Arena and just walking in there and, you know, just knowing that you're representing your region, a kind of a state level type tournament and atmosphere. And uh, it's just a great experience. And, you know, I hope they enjoy it. But, you know, they got a kind of familiar opponent, an opponent that played at Mason County a couple of times over Christmas break. And they probably have access to a lot of films. And, you know, I think that's going to be a good game. Yeah, you know, adding to your uh, environment at, you know, EKU, I was obviously there for, for your guys' game when you guys made it in 2018, and the whole town of Mount Olivet was there, man. I mean, you, you could have went back into town and you would have seen the tumbleweeds and everything going through the streets. That's how many people you had there. It was a great environment and a, a great experience for the kids, and I expect the town of Brooksville to be doing the same thing come January 27th. And Man, to be quite honest, you know, looking at this bracket, if they can get through that first game with Walton Verona, a very good team out of the eighth region, you know, then Campbellsville, Harlan winner awaits. I, I see that as a winnable game regardless of who it is. I know Harlan's got some great athletes on their team. Uh, our coach by coach, Akal, I believe his name is. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be a good athletic team, but I think that's a winnable game. And then you look, you know, get to the semis. Then, I mean, obviously things will get tougher as things go on, but, they're probably looking at most likely a Lyon County Covington Holy Cross winner. They've already Holy Cross, who uh, you know won um, against Bracken, but Lyon County has a score that's 
actually has more points than Blake Reed as a sophomore. So, I mean, you're looking at some potential really, really high-level matchups if they can keep advancing in this thing. And it wouldn't shock me to see them, you know, make it to Saturday afternoon semifinals. No, it wouldn't shock me at all. And, you know, you made the comment earlier they do it with defense. And um, I just – my dad used to always preach to me, you know, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. And I think they've uh, probably, you know – prove that to be a true statement this past week because it's like you can never get in a rhythm against them. Their defense is quick. It's aggressive. And all five on the floor have bought into playing that style. It's not like just two of them are really good on-ball defenders. All five of them are aggressive defenders who are in help side positioning, and they're just really aggressive. Yeah, I mean, you factor in, you know, Austin Norton, his his ability to guard, I think, one through five. You know, Coach Reed often brags about he puts him – on, you know, one of the other team's best players every single night. And then uh, I think adding, you know, Garrett Reynolds, you know, he, he might not be filling the stat sheet, but, man, he he gets down there and bodies with the posts. Peyton, Peyton Gilvin just got back, too, from an injury. So now from what used to be maybe a six-deep team, they're, they're going about eight-deep now. So Adam Reed's trusting in his bench. Those guys, <laughs> excuse me, those guys. And, uh you know, I, I think they're really, you know, like you said, buying in on that end and, and really buying into their roles. And they're getting better with, with each and every game. And, I mean, heck, Tuesday night they're going to get tested again if that game gets to be played. I mean, Harrison County's coming to town on, on Tuesday night. And I marked that game down. And, uh, you know, I put it in my notes here that, you know, Harrison County and Bracken, I think, is, to me, is competing for the third-best team. Um, in the region for the simple fact that, you know, Harrison had a really good be- week. They beat Scott and Campbell this week and also got their first district win against Nicholas County last night. So, you know, Harrison County coming off a big week. Bragg and Kenny's coming off a big week. I'll be curious to see how Bragg and Kenny comes out with their first game after the All-A. You know, it's, it's an emotional time when you win. Believe me, I know. And usually that first game after the All-A, it can be kind of a letdown. But Coach Reed always seems to get the most out of his guys. Um, I don't look for this team to come out and be flat because they just play so hard every other time out on the floor. So, you know, they may not have that problem. But before we move on to the 2A, um, just kind of reiterate those. Uh, Bracken Kenny will play on January 27th at EKU against Walton Verona. Um, but la- since the last time we recorded, um, there were several more All-A games. So I want to recognize David Govan, Chase Walton, Ethan Malling, Luke Rui, Blake and Caden Reed and Devontae Jefferson, those were the all-tournament representatives from the teams that were in the semifinals that we didn't, you know, get a chance to talk about last week because the games hadn't been played. But, um, yeah, um, it was another fun, exciting tournament, the All-A. Bracken County did a good job of hosting. And one thing I can tell you about Bracken County through experience, when you win over there, you will get 100% community support. They will follow you to Timbuktu. They will follow you to McBrayer Arena. Um, I look for uh, – Bracken County to have a sea of blue and white over there on the 27th. So, and, you know, and they deserve it. You know, I told Coach Reed when you win and, you, you know, you do it in kind of a fun style, people are going to come and watch and they've, they've showed out in Bracken County. Yeah, it was a great environment and uh, a fun week and really enjoyed my time and, um, you know, hats off to them over there for, for hosting, you know, what was a great tournament. Didn't seem like there were any issues and, um, you know, it's, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun time. Now that you spend a night in Owensboro and um, you've watched the 2A, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, is this a tournament? Did you uh, – of course, I know you just watched one game and didn't um, really uh, probably stay for the entire, um, you know, week. But, you know, is this a tournament that you think can gain some steam? Well, how was the attendance? I mean, I mean, was there a lot of people? Uh, it was rough. <laughs> but – I'm going to blame the weather, you know, Saturday, honestly, I, I thought I would see some more Mason County fans there, but I think with, with, with what was coming in today, um, it made a lot of people nervous and probably kind of prevented them from traveling. And uh, it's just, it's a hike, man. I mean, it's a four hour drive, you know, so it's tough to get someone to commit to four hours of driving, you know, and, and going to watch that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it took a hit with the crowds, but in terms of how they ran it, I thought it was a first-class event. You know, they had uh, numerous ADs there making sure everything ran well. Um, each, you know, each team, you know, they did their starting lineups for them. And 
you know, made sure that there was a, a, a media session afterwards to where people would, could come and ask questions. And, um, you know, the sports center was really nice. It's a, it's a nice facility. Uh, I think it's a great place. I, I think the third, the third region tournament is there. Um, so it's a, it's, it looks like it's a great site to have that. And, uh, you know, everything around it outside of the attendance I thought was good. And, um, you know, if you, if you saw today, uh, Lexcath beat Knox Central 48-44 and, you know, and what was, you know, a, a tight game. I think Lexcath went on a run late to, to kind of win that game. And I came away really impressed with Knox Central. I actually got to see them um, the game before when they beat Lawrence County by like, I don't know, 25 in the sem other semifinal. And, well, if you uh, remember, Knox Central's got – um, the Javante Turner, who was ranked preseason number one in the 13th region over Reed Shepard. You know, they've uh, – Knox Central, I think, has won that region a couple years in a row maybe. Or I know yeah. they won it last year, so they, they've got some experience. So uh, – um, and, you know, talking about Lexcath winning it all and, you know, Knox Central being a good team and them going on a run to beat them. But, you know, that kind of looks good on Mason County. Um, Mason County gave Lexington Catholic – you know, all they wanted. And, you know, there were times yesterday following along, I thought, all right, here's where Lexcath goes on the run. They're up 13 or whatever. You know, they're going to put them away. And then Mason County, you know, showed some fight, some grit, some toughness. And next thing you know, it's a three, four-point ball game. Yeah, I mean, Mason County can't leave. They can't get out of there disappointed. They, they, they played dis with the circumstances, too. They're without Julius Booker. He's a huge – I mean, he's a big guard off of their bench that provides a lot of defense – and quickness on the perimeter. And in a game like that, they could have used that. You add in Mason Butler, he, he was kind of playing on a bum ankle. And Terrell Henry apparently wasn't 100% either in that game. So despite all their elements that they had to deal with, it's a, you know, a one-possession game with 32 seconds left. They double-team on a press. A nickel-dimer gets called, man. <laughs> There's no really way around to say one way or the other. And – uh you know, I saw the video on that, and I thought with the situation of the game, the time, you know, how much time's left, the guy's in a trap, and you're going to call a – look to me, something like a reach-in. Um, I agree. I thought it was a little ticky-tack myself. And I'm not going to say a game comes down to one call, but at that point in time, you know, they, they get that steal, a layup, and it's a tie game with, with under 30 seconds to play. And, you know, maybe Lex Cass starts rethinking things after blowing a 13-point lead in the second half, but I was really impressed with Lex Cath. Don't get me wrong. They're a really good defensive team. I, I don't think people realize how good that they play their principles. I mean, it's not like they do it with extremes amount of quickness or anything, but they have size. And I mean, they follow Reese Potter, who's seven foot tall, and that makes things hard. Well, I listened to uh, Coach Salzman one time give a coaching clinic on his defense and just talk about the drills they do in practice and the repetitions and, you know, what the uh, principles and discipline you have to have to play it. And his exact words were, we're not as quick and as athletic as a lot of teams, so we got to rely on other things. And he talked about anticipation and being in position, and it was just kind of neat to hear him talk and kind of break it down on a level that you're thinking, man, this is really detailed. This is precise. But I was going to ask you about Reese Potter. Um, I follow him a little bit on Twitter. I see people talking about him. I know he's seven foot, and I know he um, is getting some D1 attention. You know, you've seen him play, you know, in person. How do you feel about, you know, Reese Potter? Is, you know, is he D1 worthy? He has a really nice touch around the basket, you know. But he, he likes to turn over his uh, right shoulder and kind of shoot a little bit of a, a turnaround J in the post. And I mean, you can't guard that. So you'd have to hope he misses. Uh, would like to see a little bit more physicality from him. Um, thought he got pushed around a little bit at times yesterday. And, you know, Mason County doesn't have anyone over six foot four and, you know, Terrell Henry or Philip Barely were kind of rotating on him and, you know, he ended up with 19 and seven boards and, but, you know, he definitely changed a lot of plays with, you know, Mason kind of, you know, driving into the, you know, paint and, them him either altering shots or forcing a kick out. And, you know, Mason, they just they struggled to shoot for three quarters. They're one of 11 from three and then hit uh, five of their last seven three-pointers and just I think it was just a matter of, of too little too late. Um, but uh, a valiant effort, a great rally, and I think a confidence booster for them to, you know, be right there with, with one of the top ten teams in the state that's currently ranked pretty much across all boards. 
Right. Not only that, but, you know, like you said, that's a game where Julius Booker could have had an impact. And then, you know, Terrell been on a bummed ankle. But uh, hats off to uh, Terrell and Nate, you know, all-tournament team of the 2A. Um, those two guys seem to be playing well together, um, both of them, you know, contributing really well. Um, I don't know what Mason County has this week, but I'm curious to see. You know, that's a long drive, spending time down there away from home for several days. I'm curious to see how they respond when they get back in action here this week. Funny you say that because I was talking to Coach Kirk after, and they they were worn out because they got down there on Wednesday. So it was four straight days they were down there. They had to switch hotels one night because I think one of the hotels just – they were having some plumbing issues or something was going on. So I think the first night they got there at midnight, they had to switch hotels. So, um, But other than that, I think they said they had a really good experience. They got a couple Madden tournaments between the guys. And, you know, I, I think, you know, talking to Brian about it, he nailed it on the head. And these games are – I mean, they mean something. You know, it's a state tournament. You know, it, whether – you know, it's not obviously at Rupp and it's not the state tournament, but – you're still playing for something. And, you know, Adam Reed brought it up too last week. You know, these class A games, you're playing for something where, you know, you're, you, you take your Campbell counties, your Montgomery counties, your Harrison counties, they don't get the opportunity to play in these tournaments. So you're in the middle of January traveling on a bus, you know, two or three times a week or, you know, you're hosting a game here or there. And these games, you know, I, I don't want to discredit them, but they don't mean much, you know, it's right. a season basketball game compared to what a state tournament would offer. So, and that's one reason why I would hope that several teams opt into the 2A. If nothing else, I think it gives you an opportunity, you know, you know, like Mason County went down there and not only, you know, got to play for a state title, but they also got to play against quality competition, a top 10 team in the state in Lexcath and probably got better because of it. Yeah. And so. I mean, the requirements are, you know, usually it's a class 3A or 4A football school. So, any school with a thousand students or less are eligible, and then any school that's not considered in the class A. So, you know, you take that range of schools, there's I'd say probably close to, I don't know, 80 to 100 schools fall in that category. And I think this year it looked like roughly, I think 25 to 30 teams participated in the 2A, broken into eight sections, and then each section winner advancing to Owensboro to go play. And maybe this is something I can get into a little bit later, but I'd like to know why some teams are opting out of, you know, what is the reason? Is it a scheduling thing? Is it, you know? I think I COVID, know. COVID killed it last year. You know, they had to cancel the tournament. So I think that maybe helped. It, it, it lost its luster a little bit, but maybe after seeing it this year and the quality competition, you get to go play there. If you do get to go, then maybe that'll get a few more teams to opt in. But I know with – I mean, you know how it is. With two-year contracts, sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to get out of, you know, certain games or – and then plus, I mean, if you play in a seed district and that that's six games there that you have to make sure you get in and then maybe you factor in snow days in early January or sometime in December and you got to start making games up in a district here or there. And sometimes it just kind of limits you on, on what you can do. I mean, very good points. And, uh, you know, and I know class A schools, I know there were, there was a time at Bracken County when, you know, we won the all A and had to end up canceling a game. You know, I think it was the first all A we'd won, you know, when you go, when you make your schedule, you know, at first, you know, we didn't schedule any open dates. We scheduled a full amount of games. You know, we didn't realize that, you know, if you win the all A, you need to, uh, you know, have an extra game on the schedule because you can't go over your limit. And, you know, we had to find a team that'd be willing to cancel with us because, you know, of course, obviously we were trying to cancel an away game. Then that team was losing a home game. And, I mean, just a lot of things go into it. And, but, uh, all right. Um, so, but congratulations to Mason County. Congratulations on, you know, winning the 2A, but also going down there and uh, giving Lexcath all they want for a shot at the finals today. And I know Coach Kirk's glad to be home. I know Coach Kirk enjoyed it, but uh, hopefully here in the next few weeks we can get him on here to talk about some of these things. But, um, you know, we talked about Harrison County having a good week. Um, you know, Robertson County went 2-0 this week, and they went to Lewis and won at Lewis, which I think is a very good win for Robertson County. It's hard to win at Lewis County. But also wanted to mention that at Lewis County, Justin Becker um, grabbed his uh, 1,000th career rebound. So um, that's a big deal. You know, he's pushing 3,000 points and over 1,000 rebounds for a career. 
And um, they also went 2-0 in the district this week with the win against Pendleton County at home. So, um, whereas, um, and I know I heard a lot of people say this last year after that group graduated, they felt like Robertson County was going to drop to the four in the district right away. Coach Massey's got him 2-0 and looking at a very good chance to be the two seed. Yeah, I mean, you never heard those words from me. If Justin Becker's on the court, they got a chance to win a basketball game. I don't care who they're playing. <laughs> but, you know, I think this week gave us a little bit more clarity, you know, in the 38th, which – which is what I like to see. You know, Harrison County looks to be the top dog considering, you know, some of the wins that they've had and what, what a week they had too. And But, you know, Robertson County now has wins over both Nicholas and Pendleton County. I think what's what, what will separate them and, and get them the two seed at least would be to go on the road and, and beat those two teams as well. So if they can do that, that'll guarantee them, I think, the two spot, which is most important in this district, to avoid um, Harrison County in that. Program. And honestly, though, Evan, there's no difference between the two and the three. It's all going to be held at Harrison County. So whether you're the two or the three, you're still avoiding yeah. Harrison but, County. So, you know, cool. I think right. if they go on the road to beat Nicholas or go on the road to beat Pendleton and get the third win, I think they'll have a very good chance to – At least a three. Okay. At least a three. That's a good point. I mean, I, you're right. I just, I guess I'm thinking, you know, try to get the highest seed possible. Well, last year with COVID, the highest seed got the host. Right. You know, right. so, I mean, this year I think it's actually – actually, I think it's Pendleton County hosting, isn't it? Yeah, Harrison County hosted last year. I think the 38th at Pendleton. So, um, um, another thing I want to bring up and kind of mention and go back to the whole thing at Holmes, and once again, thanks to Casey Fisk, I'm still not big on it being hosted at Holmes, but I have kind of, you know, I think they deserve a chance to host. I wish it was at a 10th region school. I think he made some good points, but do you think this is going to prompt other districts, say the 38th, to maybe try to host it at Harrison next year? I'm glad you opened that can of worms, man, because that's that's definitely in my thought process. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a school, Harrison County, I believe, seats. They're over 3,000, like 3,200 maybe. Yeah, 3,200. So, you know, that'll be interesting because, uh, you know, you factor that in and, you know, they start seeing that. I just wonder how much of a trickle-down effect it's going to be considering how this rotates every four years. Um, I believe there's four to five regions across the state that do rotating sites. Uh, I know the second region does. I believe the uh, fifth does. The uh, I want to say like 12th and then one other. So, you know, it could be a foreshadow of, of what's to come and you know, people in Maysville or the 39th district probably aren't going to be happy um, considering that's a possibility, but that's kind of what's in the bylaws. And, um, you know, I, I, like you said, I mean, you get each each point of it, um, but at the end of the day, I just I just wish it could be – there could be a, a perfect scenario for everybody, and that's impossible, and have a centralized location. But this region, that's impossible. I mean – it's just a spread out region. There's, I think, 10 counties out of 16 schools that are represented in this region. So it's just, it's so spread out. Not everyone's going to be happy at the end of the day. And you got to kind of live with the decision that, uh, you know, came about. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, though, you know, I'm all right with the 37th having their chance to host it. I just wish it was at a 10th region school. Right. And, you know, I thought Casey did a good job of, um, I didn't really understand the process of, you know, you had to look at the last five years average attendance and, I didn't know how all that worked, so I thought that was good. But I just feel like now, with them kind of taking that step, you know, of hosting it somewhere else, I wonder if, you know, the 38th ADs get together and say, hey, you know, let's, you know. I I, I imagine Harrison County will make a push for it next year. It would not surprise me in the least. But Um, I'd like to know, um, you know, it's probably a question I should have asked Casey. I wasn't thinking. what is Holmes charging the 10th region to host? And if so, what is it? You know, how does that compare to, you know. I might be able to find that for you real quick. Or I'm just curious, you know, if, say, the 38th district, when we decide to host it at Mason, do we got to pay Mason County? Or I mean, I don't know the financial logistics of all that. Yeah, and that's what I kind of wanted to dig in with him on just what each school gets. And I already forget the number. I have to go back and listen. What do you say, five grand? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was more about 4,200, he said. Okay. And then uh, Holmes, let's see. 
Let's see if I can find something real quick on. Well, I mean, it's just, um, you know, I just, um, it's something I just feel like is going to be a popular topic for the next few weeks. And, you know, like Casey said, it was good to hear him say they're not married to anything. You know, it may be the best decision they made. It may be the worst decision they've made, you know, but you can't fault them for trying. And I, I kind of agree with him. The allowance to host school is $4,500. So, so $21,000 less than what it would be to be at BB&T. <laughs> well, and I understand completely now. And all those people out there who were saying, what about BB&T? I hope if they listen, they'll understand the three-year contract and $25,000. But, you know, well, so that's saying. Adding on, adding on to that, the ninth region gets, I think, St. Elizabeth to sponsor, to help sponsor twenty grand of that. So What he was saying. They're only coming $5,000 out of pocket. So that's a, that's a key factor, too. Well, and – um, so, so is that, with that being said, does that mean like if the 38th or 39th district, well, not 39th, the 38th district, you know, decides to host it at the field house, do they got to pay Mace County 4,500? That's a good or, question. Or is that just what, okay. You know, we don't have to dive into that, but I was just curious of how all that works. And yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a question that I think I should ask, uh, to Mason County and. I do plan on doing a story on this. I just literally haven't had the time yet to um, dig in and, and do everything for it because it broke kind of late Friday night when I was at a game. Any other big games this week you're aware of? I know you mentioned Harrison County and um, um, Bracken County on Tuesday. Barring weather, I'm hoping that um, that game gets played because I think that'll tell us a lot as well. Yeah, let me look here, um, kind of what we're looking at. I think that, that game will determine who the third best team in this region is, like you said earlier in the cast. Um, hopefully I can get to that one. Let's see here. Nicholas Bourbon intrigued me on Tuesday. I think that's, you know, a game that should be a competitive one. Nicholas looks like they're struggling to score the basketball lately. Um, you know, Pendleton and Mason on Tuesday – you got a 40th district matchup with Moco and Paris. You got Augusta at Robertson. I'd like to see the progress Robertson's made. Um, Augusta's obviously a different team right now than when those two played at the beginning of the season. So curious how that matchup will work out. Um, let's see here. Then Friday's a big night. You got Bishop Rossard at Scott in a 37 district clash. Scott's already taken a loss to Calvary Christian. So they uh they'll want to get this one because you know they they keep losing in the district and they're looking at a four seed and facing Campbell County first round most likely. Um, Pendleton at, or Nicholas at Pendleton on Friday, you know, big thirty eight district matchup. I'm kind of interested in that game, Nicholas and Pendleton. I'm curious to see where that goes. Yeah, then you got you know George Arthur Clark at Paris Friday night. That's going to be, I think, pick a number game. Well, I wrote down in my list here that, you know, talk about GRC this week. Uh, you know, they opened up district play and they had deciding factors or sorry, deciding wins against Bourbon and Montgomery County. And I saw highlights of the uh, Montgomery County game and they put up 99 points and it just they were clicking on all cylinders. I don't uh, Montgomery County probably could have played the best game they possibly could have played and could have got beat 25 or 30. You know, they were just. Watching those highlights was crazy. And then for, yeah, another one Friday night, uh, Robertson at Harrison. So big, big week for Robertson County. It really is. I mean, kind of a, a week to show how much progress they've made. Um, I definitely think the game at Robertson will be a lot different than, you know, the game with Augusta than it was at Augusta opening the year. Um, like you said, Augusta's had some bad luck. They've had um, injuries to Riley Maston. I'm not 100% sure. Um, when he'll be back, if he will be back. Um, I saw where they lost to Fleming County on Saturday, kind of a, in a, you know, a deciding manner. I think it was like 22 or three points. And um, Augusta's struggling right now. Not for sure what the reason is. I don't know if it's because, you know, Riley being hurt. But, you know, I still feel like without Riley, they're an, you know, an ultra-talented team with a lot of ability. And um, hopefully they figure it out soon because I think them, Bracken and Mason, 
all three have a very competitive chance to win that district. And, you know, hopefully Augusta's, you know, playing at their best at that time. But right now I think they're struggling. Yeah, hitting on Saturday's game, I don't think Connor Snap or Chase Archibald played either. In that no, contest. well, they had some COVID issues and, okay. you know. Yeah, so I, I know that. And also, uh, COVID and some discipline issues, I'll go into that. I won't say. Okay. But there's some reasons. And, you know, and other guys played some limited minutes as well for other reasons. But, um, you know, but, you know, good for Coach Henson for holding these kids accountable. Good for uh, him to send that message. And hopefully they get it straightened out because, like I said, I still feel like they're talented enough to win that district. Here's my scenario, though, Mr. Draw Guy. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Let's say it happens. Let's say Mason draws Bracken. Then we're going to have the number two and three team in the region play in the first round of the district tournament. It, well, uh, maybe. That, I mean, but um, would that be considered a travesty? No, absolutely not. Why would it be a travesty? Because you you got the top. I believe they've deserved to not play each other in the first round of the district tournament based off their body of work throughout the season. Okay. Well, um, you call it a travesty, but what about in those districts where a four beats a one and the one don't get to go to the region? Because it happens. I love it. I, I okay, love it. So, I mean, you're, you're never going to get me to say that I'm a seed guy because I'm not. Um, you know, when I was at Bracken County my first year, I talked about the random draw. I loved the draw. When I was doing the girls coach first year, we drew Mason County. And – they're like, and that's when Mason County was really good. And they're like, yeah, I bet you like it now, don't you? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, no, in order to be the best, you got to be the best. We went over and beat them in the first round. I'm, if you're going to win the district, you got to beat them. And I understand you want your best eight teams to go to the regional tournament, but I'm also from a small school to where, you know, a lot of times the only chance I have to go to the regional tournament is to draw the four or to draw a favorable matchup or opponent. And to be honest with you, you look at Augusta, you look at Robertson, a lot of their school's athletic budgets are based on going to the regional tournament. Yeah, I think you look at the last decade, though, for Augusta, that's not the case, though. I mean, they've, they've had one of the better teams in the district, so I don't know. If but look at it – okay, look at it um, 20 years from now. Yeah. I just don't you know, know if the draws worked in their favor recently because I think outside of boys' basketball, I don't know the last time they've had another team – within their athletic department, make a region tournament. And that's – I mean, I'm not trying to call them right. out. Or, I mean, they got a very small schools, second smallest in the region. So, I mean, it's it's not like they have a lot to, to choose from. But, you know, I and, just and, think and, – And that all makes sense. And I understand the I understand the side of seeding. Um, but, you know, and I told them at uh, – you know, when Nichols County decided to seed in our district and it pushed it three to one and now we seed, um, you know, the boys coach, you know – he was sitting or Robert Hopkins was talking about how he made that decision based on his girls program because they're, and I got that. I totally understand that. Uh, but I told Rodney, I said, let's just opt to be the four every year. I said, don't play him in the regular season. Let's be the four and let's see who wanted to be the one the last four years. Let's see how bad they want to be the one to play us as the four. And of course, Rodney didn't want to do that, but you know, and there's going to be times the next 10 years that Robertson County is the four. I mean, it's coming. I think your your scenario is like a perfect situation because you guys did go from a draw to a seed. As a coach, tell me how much that changed your regular season. Was it your final two years that you guys went to seeding? Yeah. It's, and honestly, it changes it a lot. Um, those games, and I understand, you know, people say those games now mean something, that you got to play for something. And that's 100% true. And, you know, it sucks, though, like you said, Bracken County and Mason County have been the two best teams. Um, you know, if they were to draw each other, you know, that would suck, but it's just the way the cookie crumbles, and um, I don't think there's, a, you know, any a solution anytime soon. I don't see Augusta or St. Pat either one voting to draw – or voting to seed, I'm sorry, but, you no, know. I, I wanted to throw that because I know that, that – Well, and I also think, too, that it's, it's school-specific a lot of times. You know, if, you know, at Bracken County Girls, if we would have seeded, it would have helped me. Okay, right. I'm all for that. That's fine. At Robertson County Girls, seeding wouldn't have helped me. So I think a lot of it is based on your situation as a coach in your school, if that right. makes sense. 
No, I get it. I just wanted to put that scenario out there because it, it's, you know, there's a 33% chance it could happen. Well, and it's <laughs> how many times has it happened since you've been here? A lot. I've covered this will be my six. I started 15, the 2015-16 season. Um, so I know Mason drew Bracken. I think when Crawford was a junior or senior, that Bracken team was good. Um, yeah. In the first round. And then, uh, you know, you look at last year, Augusta's team. Um, those are two examples I know of. There's probably maybe one other. So, like, three out of the six years were the top two teams, I think, in the district that year played each other in the first round. And that's a very good point. And eventually, like I said, I think the, um, the state's going to have to mandate if all if they if all districts are going to seed because there's still what three I think across the state that don't. Yeah, two or three. I want to say there's at least three, if not four, because um, you guys when the 38 did away with it, I thought there was five or four at the time. So it's either three or four that still do it. Um, but I mean, you're right. I mean, I just think across the board, maybe you just want to everybody play with the same rules, you know and that's how they get to the tournament, and that's how this team gets in. And, you know. and, and the sucky part, too, is like – and I know you know this because you see it with baseball, too. The sucky part is when that four or when that, when that happens and maybe a team makes the regional tournament that um, maybe shouldn't due to quality of, you know, team, um, then it, it gives a first-round blowout, you know, for a team. Their, their pitcher, their top pitcher. Well, in baseball, yeah, but even in basketball, though, I mean, you know, you're going to get maybe a GRC, a Mason, or somebody like that that maybe draw the team, and, you know, everybody's griping, well, they shouldn't be there, you know. Well, my other side to that is tell the boys that went to practice every day for eight months that they shouldn't be there. Right. You know, they still put in the same amount of time and effort as the other teams. But, all right, with that being said, last thing, you sent me a couple things this week about – uh things you've heard in the stands. And um, I'm not going to lie, the first one you sent me um, made me spit out my sweet tea. And uh, and I'm not 100% sure why, because you hear it a lot. But um, you don't have to say who, but a coach made it known that they were paying three officials out there that one of them had to call something. <laughs> what were the exact words? I Because I, 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 I know – I, I think it's what's helping me is I text you right away once I hear this stuff. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm at four or five games a week. So sometimes I just forget. Um, but that one stuck out to me. Um, I believe it was, uh, come on. I've got it here. I'm looking for it, but I do know. Um, <laughs> I've about spit out my sweet tea because I can see me as a coach saying the exact same thing we pay about three. how. Here we go. We pay three of you to see those plays. Someone has to call it. <laughs> but if you think about it, a couple weeks ago we talked about it. I said that three officials, you know, you talked to one official, and he said, well, that's not my call. That's in his area. Then that one says, well, that's not my call. It's his. Then nobody calls it. Yeah. And then, but and I agree with that coach. There's three of you out there. Somebody blow the whistle. Yeah. And then – um, a disgruntled fan at the All-A tournament yep. uh, says, congratulations, guys. You made the difference. Everybody came to watch you. <laughs> obviously, obviously talking about the officials because, you know, like I mentioned, um, it's uh, – I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but I think I did early on when we were talking about this, how a fan at a game said that, you know, they were introduced and the player of the game – and somebody shouts, well, you ought to give it to the refs. <laughs> so, kind of along the same lines there that, you know. But these, you know, one thing I think I'm going to look for, uh, and I'll put it out on Twitter this week or whenever. I should be able to get back into the gyms this week. But just maybe chance you hear from student sections. What are some good chants or whatever? I'm going to keep an eye out for that too and maybe even put out there some chants. And, Here's you know, a, I think a great one. Um Muhlenberg County, uh, I don't know if you follow the Kentucky Student Section's Twitter account. They'll oh, yeah, post, I do. They'll post out like a student section, like on what they do for their theme that night or how deep their student section is. 
because I think at the end of the year they, they vote on who the best student section is. So Muhlenberg County was playing Ohio County. Their theme was from rags to riches. So the first half, they kind of all dressed raggedy, like just, you know, bum clothes, street clothes, whatever you want to call it. And then at halftime, they changed. Then they went up to riches and like the girls put on like prom dresses. The guys had on like suits and ties. Like I thought that was like really neat. Like that, I, I hadn't seen that one before because obviously you got your basic themes, the redneck theme, the white trash theme, the beach theme, Jersey theme. But right. different that I thought was really, really cool. That's really cool. I ain't gonna lie. I've never seen that one before either. But you know, I want to hear some of the chants that the that they do. As long as they're professional and in good taste, yeah. um, there's a lot of good chants out there. And you know what? These kids are creative. They come up with some good stuff, and it's. It, I think it adds to that atmosphere of you know a game. The band, the student sections is like I said. You know, Mason County usually has a pretty good one for a big game, and just as long as they're you know classy and don't get too tasteless and you know, keep it clean. You know, I think it really adds to the atmosphere, but, um, yeah. well, another good week, um, about an hour and that's where we usually kept it. So, um, anything else before we go? No, man, I thought it was awesome. You got, uh, you know, one of the 37th district ADs to kind of help clear the air. Um, I think after hearing them and the deciding factors, you know, things kind of make more sense on how that all works out. So, uh, you know, I, I think we're, kind of, we're getting there and, you know, you don't know unless you try. So it's going to be an interesting experiment and, uh, and I'll be at the whole tournament to see kind of how things shape out. And what I don't want to happen is I don't want to hear the I told you so people and I don't want to be one of those people if it doesn't go well. Um, like I said, you know, I wished it was at a 10th region school and that's my only draw. People kept thinking all along that, you know, I had something against homes. It's nothing against homes. Right. You know, they've hosted the ninth region before. They've had state championship teams. They've hosted stuff that's big. And I have no doubt they can run a first class regional tournament. But, you know, just being a 10th region, and this has nothing to do with traditionalists to me. You know, when I think of traditionalism, I think of, okay, always at Mason County. But, you know, this is me being, you know, 10th region wanted at a 10th region school. But after listening to Casey, I think he did a great job, made great points. And, I appreciate him dedicating time on a Sunday to kind of maybe clear up some of those questions. But um, once again, thank you to all of our listeners at home. Stay tuned and stay hot.